Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. And today I'm going to talk about two different topics. One that goes to players of women's football and the other one that goes to either owners or support staff of women's football. I haven't really gotten into coaches stuff yet um, within the last couple weeks because um, I'm really trying to develop that content for owners to provide to their coaches. So that's going to be really exciting. But the Topics I'm going to talk about today is uh, player development. So what's what things players can do at home um, to get ready for the upcoming season. And then um, I'm going to talk about the business planning. So that's going to be more towards the owner or support staff. So if, if a team does not have a business plan or has a business plan, but they think it's crappy or don't want to use it, um, I'm going to give you all the details of my business plan. Um, I use it with my small business owners, zero to 10 employees in my consulting business. Now, this is this is a not a big deal to you guys, but I offer this plan to them. And if you go on the website, um, supersmallbiz.com, it has a value of about 800 bucks. So um, I'm giving this to you guys for free. We're gonna talk about it a little bit. And then if you guys want more detail, then we can work on that one-on-one. Um, I'm probably going to do a webinar on it so that we can go through the steps and you guys could actually, while while we're doing the webinar, you could fill out um, a template of a business plan and have that ready to go, um, at least um, foundational. Then you can put the numbers in later, the specifics. But uh, I really want to get into players and talk about some details that players can work on. Now, if you're a potential player, you need to get out there on those websites. Um, go to the Women's Football Alliance. They have like over 60 teams. Click on a team near you and you will be able to determine um, if a tryout is coming. Now, real quick, before I get started, uh, my disclaimer. Again, my name is Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. This is Women's Football Success, episode 1820. I am also an attorney. So I'm an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. Any of the information that I provide on this radio show or on our websites and our books and our blogs um, any digital or print material is all business information it does not create an attorney client relationship and is not meant to be any legal information whatsoever or, or legal advice so if you have an issue that requires legal um legal assistance, then go to an attorney in your jurisdiction that has experience in your area of law. With that being said, let's get on to some player information. So I wanna talk about, it's about eight or nine, maybe even 10 um, tips for football players to get better, do things at home that really helps them to get better on the field. Um, now, of course, right now we're not really having practices um, but practice is like the ideal situation. The more practices you go to, the better. Um, the, so if you can at all avoid missing a practice, that is probably number one key. With regards to right now, you need to set up your own practices or these off-season practices that teams are making. Um, but again, those are probably only happening once a week. So you need to be doing things throughout the week that are helping to get you to the physical fitness level that you want to be at come January. 
With regards to women's football, it's very, very important that you um, get out there and learn the different things. It's a lot of the skills that go into football are not skills that women do every day, all day. So, you know, learning how to pass and catch a ball, blocking other people, um, covering other people, tackling. Now, obviously, I don't want you to practice tackling right now, okay? And I don't really want you to practice blocking, but it's really important to get um, some other skills down that can really help you to hit the ground running when practices start. Each of the women that are listening today is gonna have um, probably a different position that they're playing and therefore practicing for. So um, it's gonna depend a lot on your body type of what position you're gonna play on your new team or on your existing team. Some people that played one um, position last year might play a completely different uh, position this year because different people tried out and your the makeup of your team is different this year. Um, so you really wanna be flexible um, so that you can be the best asset to your team to help win football games. Okay, so that's most important is just practicing and getting some of that activity done. So whether it's a formal practice, an off-season practice, or just getting off your butt and getting out into the backyard um, would help. So the other thing that you're really wanting to do right now is learn the rules. So now is a great time a great opportunity for women to learn the rules. Now I've put out there Women's Football 101, um, we're coming out with Women's Football 102, um, that's a little bit more advanced, but what, the reason I did that is because a lot of people, especially women, get embarrassed by asking the same questions over and over again. So by putting it in this form, I've made it so that you can look at the Football 101 rules wording, verbiage, and learn different things. Now, because we're just now hitting the NFL season, you have an entire season to watch football, which if anybody knows me, I love to watch football. I mean, even when I'm cooking and cleaning, we I asked my husband the other day, I'm like, why is there no football in the background while I'm doing this? So we put football on. So I record all the games and then we watch them throughout the week. So on Tuesdays when there's no game, or Wednesday or Saturday. Now I like NFL as opposed to college, but that that's fine too. The idea is for you to see different things, see how different play, players are moving so that you can determine what you should be doing. Now you don't wanna, it doesn't have anything to do with scheme because chances are the, the book of plays that an NFL team has is probably 700 times bigger than, than uh, the playbook that you're going to have for your teams. It's going to be a lot more simple when you go do the plays at your team. But you want to watch positional things like how the quarterback moves every time or how the safety um, kind of looks at everything, watches everything. Uh, same thing with a linebacker. So you want to really um, watch the positions that you think that you'd be playing. Now, if you have no idea what position you'd be playing, you might wanna reach out to your potential coach and say, hey, this is me, Get, take a picture of yourself, send it to him, say, hey, I, you know, I'm getting ready for tryouts or whatever, and I'd like to get some practice in, what positions would you think that I would be, I need to look at? And, and a lot of times a coach will re reach back out to you and tell you, I, I think that in our team, you would fit into this, this, or this. So those would be things. The other thing is, is that I really like to promote uh, team unity and teams getting together. Now you can do this even at a Buffalo Wild Wings is what I suggest because they have like five or six different screens of football going on at the same time. But I would prefer if some of the team players or coaches or whatever would initiate some team, uh, some game watching team events so that players can come over to your house you can record it while you're watching it, but you can stop and rewind. So if a player says, hey, wait, 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 what happened here? Or something like that, then you can do that. This kind of goes into learning the rules officially of the, the football because we're looking for play calls in this, learning the rules. You're looking for play calls. So are, do they throw the flag because it's um, a legal man downfield? Is it offsides? Is it a false start? Is it a personal foul? All those different things. So you can learn to read um, what the rules are. 
But then you also need to know what they mean, why they happen, and what's the penalty for them. Um, and that can be found, I have some other pictures of different things that referees do to show you what is a holding call, what is a personal foul, um, so that while you're on the field, you can really get to know this stuff. Um, some teams even set it up as a kind of a quiz. So what does this mean? What, what does this signal mean? Um, which can be really fun. Um, but I like for girls to go and watch. Now, the other thing is, um, I guess number three would be to lift, uh, lift weights. Um, it doesn't have to be max hard heavy weights, but um, there is some muscle mass to be gained. Whether you played last year and haven't, haven't done anything in the last couple months, or whether you're just getting off the couch and you're interested in playing. Um, a lot of teams take players or take potential players that um, have no experience, which is great because they get to teach them themselves. They don't have to unteach bad behaviors or bad um, posture or bad skills. They can actually start from scratch. But it's really important if you can get a set of weights like while you're sitting in your office at the ta at the table at the computer and just lift some lift some weights if you can lift some 10 pound 15 pound weights you know doing some arm curls and um, working on your biceps stuff like that but you do really want to have a full physical fitness um, do it going for a jog outside a walk outside sprints are really good um, but getting lifting weight is a big big um, asset to have because you are going to have to block somebody else that might be 50 pounds heavier than you. Think about that. You're going to be pushing if you're if that's what your job is. You're going to be pushing on somebody that's 50 pounds heavier than you, and you need to make sure that that person can't get to your quarterback or to the person that's running the ball. So if you are blocking for somebody you're, that you're having to put that resistance for a whole two and a half hours. So lifting those weights, building those muscles in the legs, the back, um, the abs, the shoulders, the arms is very important. Same thing with tackling. Um, you know, tackling, you're wrapping somebody up and you're knocking them down. Um, so it's your body weight going against their body weight. You need to have an advantage, if at all possible. Um, next, I think, would be diet and uh, I am not the first one to talk about diet and exercise. Um, I don't play football. Um, I am just a co-owner of a team and I've um, owned several other teams. Um, and I've been there to see the regimen that football players go through. We have a whole program that we put through. We, ha we have weekly setups of what's gonna happen. So it's already mapped out. Our coach already has it mapped out what's gonna happen every week. Um, but your diet is probably 80% of your physical fitness because if you think about it, you can only, you're, at every practice that you do, your, your max calorie burn is probably about, what, four, five, six, seven hundred calories depending on what you're doing. Um, but you can easily negate that by going and hitting Whataburger afterwards and having a 1500 calorie burger. So it's really important to stay away from processed foods. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, teams also preach staying away from caffeine and sugars. Now for, you'll see me every day with a diet Pepsi, um, caffeine, uh, iced tea, coffee. Um, depending on the philosophy, um, caffeine is good or bad. You may wanna talk to your coaches or your team uh, nutrition specialist. So eating meat is good, um, but you know protein obviously in whatever form um, is always great. Lean meat such as chicken and turkey and that kind of thing. Beef and pork are usually a higher calorie content, so you want to kind of um, you know stay away from that. Not stay away. I don't want to say that, but it, it really depends on what position you're playing. So. Typically, skill positions such as like receivers, defensive backs, quarterbacks, running backs, they should focus on building lean muscle mass, so high protein, low calorie. Whereas linemen and linebackers are wanting to add 
not add bulk, but focus on high protein, high calorie. Um, you really want, you're really going to expend a lot of energy pushing against somebody. Um, so that's kind of the guidance in, in the diet. Now, when we have Coach Mike come on and he talks about his weekly um, training program for women's football, um, he's going to talk a little bit about diet. Um, but most women's football teams don't have like a strict dietary regimen that you have to, to abide by, um, like, like NFL or anything like that. Um, you can really just be sensible about it. Um, so again, so I guess five would be, now I said earlier, um, watching film for learning the rules, but you're also going to want to watch the film for learning about what the best do. So I kind of incorporated that into two as far as learning the rules and watching the film. Um, so not only do you want to watch the film to learn the rules and understand why they got a penalty and what the penalty represents. Is it five yards? Is it 10 yards? Is it 15 yards? Is it um, uh, half the distance to the goal? So you'll be able to tell that by by the rule that, and the penalty that's called. But also watching the film, like I said, about uh, learning different positional stuff. Why did that happen? What what was the impact? What each position plays. Now you don't. Now if you don't know what your position is, like I said, you could call your coach and say, "Hey, this is what I'm trying out for. What do you think?" Um, but um, or if you're already on the team, then you probably know pretty much what what position you're going to play unless there's changes because of new new recruits but watching film also helps you learn the basics like um, how many linemen how the how people line up um, where which which judge calls what calls I didn't know that for years that each judge each coach had certain things they watched I thought it just happened. Oh, that judge just happened to see that or that. But no, the that's why they have the the officials on one side and the other, the back, the middle, etc. They're they're looking for specific things. Each judge or each official is judging specific things. So you can watch film and learn about that. You can also learn that about how they um, move the chains and, and how that works. Um, see how the first down, second down, third down, um, etc. You can see where they line up to kick the ball for extra point or whatever. So it's really important to watch that film. So let's talk about specific position training. Now, if you know what your position is, then a lot of it is based on your body type. Some bodies are just better at different positions. So um, when a coach puts you in a position, it's not because they don't like you or they don't want you to play the position you want to play. You are at an advantage if you are the body type that is needed for that position. If people are just trying to put people in positions because they want to throw or they want to catch, um, then they are not optimizing the assets, optimizing the ladies that are on their team. I hope that makes sense. Um, if you are an offensive lineman, strength, size, toughness, um, mentality, uh, you know, just psychologically, um, are need to be on point. So you need to have good strength. You need to have good toughness because you're going to have a girl pushing at you, pushing at you in your face, pushing on your arms, um, other body parts. Um, and you really need to be able to um, stand your ground, but do so in a professional manner. Now, um, if you're like a DB defensive back, um, you need to be quick on your feet. You got to have speed. Um, you got to be able to move, you know, and, and use your instincts of where somebody's coming. Um, you really want to make sure that whatever you do in the gym or in the backyard or at your home, I prefer you guys do a lot of home stuff right now. Um, because you know, there's no reason to waste money on a lot uh, on a lot of gym, you know gym memberships and stuff like. That. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But um, you could easily, um, you know, linemen, for example, um, could run sprints because typically a lineman does not go more than five, ten, fifteen yards on every single play. So running like 
five miles is not really going to help you. I mean, obviously, it'll help you cardiovascularly, but it's not going to um, give you the the repetition or show you what you're going to be doing in game. So it'd probably be better for you to do 100 five-yard sprints than it would be for you to run five miles or walk five miles. Um, so, for example, I'm trying to think of different things. So, like, for example, quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks rarely go and make a tackle. So for them to participate in tackling drills is kind of obsolete. I mean, it, it's it's important for them to know. So maybe a couple times in preseason should the, the quarterback participate in those drills. But essentially, um, they really are not, you know, that would have minimal effect on their performance. Um, but it's really important to focus on position-specific training to get the most valued uh, skills for your time. So you also want to prevent injuries and focus all your time on getting better at your at your position. If you don't know what your position is right now, um, footwork is good, sprints are good. Even if you are a, a skilled player, a runner, um, doing five yard sprints or ten yard sprints, a hundred of them is not going to hurt you. That's actually just great. Um, so let's get on to another thing, obviously, is um, getting some good rest, getting some good sleep. So um, your body does a majority of its healing while you're sleeping. So um, I know that we're not hitting and pushing and tackling right now and blocking, but it, to get your body into its optimal state before preseason starts, Getting that sleep is really, really good. Now, alcohol typically interrupts your sleep cycle, um, which is beneficial to building muscle and energy, but um, on game day, you need to um, make sure that you're alert and ready to go. So um, that's, that's a big one. Um, I'm just trying to go through different things as far as sleep. You know, I love to sleep, so um, I get a ton of rest. I try to get a ton of rest. Um, but there are some people that just have difficulty sleeping. That, that might be something that you need to address with a doctor um, if you're not able to get eight hours of sleep. Let's get on to um, our next comp our next set of skills, I guess, that you can work on to become a better football player. Now, ideally, you want to practice against better competition. One of the best ways to improve is to um, work out against somebody that is maybe senior to you. So it's really good for um, rookies to work against vets because it really challenges them. It gets them up to par faster as opposed to rookie on rookie but that's okay too sometimes that's all you have is rookie on rookie um especially during off season right now we're gonna you know you you set up these off season workouts once a week and you're gonna connect with some people some of them are going to be veterans some of them are going to be rookies but the idea is is to be able to work against them so if you are throwing footballs back and forth to each other, you want to make sure that you're throwing with somebody that's better than you. Now, that's tricky because then the opposite person, the person that's better than you, is never getting competition because you have less um, experience. So they're probably going to have to work out with you and then work out again with somebody that's even better than them. But that can be difficult um, in a women's football situation. But ideally... Um, when you're trying to tackle somebody, when you're pushing against somebody, you want to push against somebody that's better than you because you want to learn how to beat that person. If you're always pushing against somebody that falls down or gives you, gives it up, get, you know, turns their back or moves away, then um, you're never going to understand what's going to happen at game time when that person stays on you for all 10 seconds. 
or 12 seconds or 15 seconds. If somebody in practice is just pushing on you for two seconds, you're never going to know what it feels like to have that pressure on you and that weight against you for 10 seconds. So that's something that you want to try to do. So let's talk about um, endurance training. So think about it. So you're going to play in a game, you're going to play four quarters, um, 15 minutes each. You're going to have a rest period at halftime. Um, but you need to be as fresh in fourth quarter because that's usually when things get serious and it gets down to the wire. You want to be as good in fourth quarter and as refreshed in fourth quarter as you were in first quarter. So by the fourth quarter, most football players are probably at about 70 or 60% of their normal endurance. You need to work or you need to get your endurance to where you are at 85 to 95% fourth quarter, if not 100%. 100% for the entire length of the game would be ideal. So this is stuff that starting in February, March, April or going to half practices doesn't help you. You start that endurance practice now and by the time games start, Practices are going to make you ready for the game. So I know Coach Mike, he always tries to set it up to where the practices are set up in a way where when we finally get to game day, the girls are like, wow, that was that was kind of simple. You know, that was an easy that was an easy game um, because he's trying to condition them and trying to build their endurance throughout the whole practice season um, to get them to where um game day is not very difficult. Some day, sometimes it's, it's really difficult. So you can work on these things to get yourself in shape um, without practices going on. Um, but you want to, like I said, you can do it at home, um, but you want to prepare your body for what's going to come come football season. So you can run 40-yard dashes. You can do some snaps with a friend or a family member. Um, different routes. If you already know routes that your team's running, practice those. Make sure they're tight. You know, if you're looking at routes and you're cutting corners and you're curving things or whatever, um, now's the time to get those memorized in your head and locked in. Um, but check with your team first because um, you never know if they're going to be changing things up. Um, with regards to how they want things done or run. Um, finally on this, I really want to talk about getting feedback. Um, women in particular have a more difficult time with feedback. Um, but also coaches need to be able to prevent, present, present feedback in a constructive way. Because a lot of times you need to understand, you know, People or coaches that have coached uh, boys or semi-pro, um, uh, well, typ typically small boys or high school boys, um, they are able to talk to them in a, a different manner than you would be able to talk to a female. And I've been preaching this for years. Um, women, when they come to play football, they're volunteering their time, energy, and body to the sport. So they already love or enjoy the sport, whether it's because of it's football or because it's physical fitness. So the idea is, is that the coach embrace that in a positive way, um, making players do something because you just want to be a jerk is um, not, for me, not acceptable in women's football, but I'm sure that it happens. Um, ideally, we want to have some objective, constructive criticism on how people are doing things or whether they're just not um, uh, coming to practices on time or, or getting getting to practice regularly or showing um, an improvement in their skills. So becoming a better player includes this constructive criticism, um, but it has to be done so in, in a professional manner. And it allows you to learn and grow as a football player. You need to know what your strengths and weaknesses are as a player so that you can improve those strengths and weaknesses. It also helps you to build confidence in how you're playing the game and that you're putting the effort through. If you never know what you're doing wrong, 
it's hard to improve. So a coach needs to be able to come to you and tell you what you're doing wrong, and you need to want to know what you're doing wrong to be the best player that you could possibly be. Just a couple other things I wanted to add um, with regards to football and what I would say are probably the most important football skills and how you need to um, improve them or what you can do to improve them. So first, you know, as far just from a football standpoint, not, you know, I, so physically, this is from a physical, how to improve physical. Um, working on your footwork, so even if you're not on a team yet, or you were on a team and you weren't that good, or you were on a team and you were fabulous, but you haven't been working out in a while, footwork is key. You can do this at home. You can do this with a ladder. You can, um, I don't know, draw a hopscotch-looking ladder on your concrete in the backyard um, and work on footwork. There's several things on YouTube um, and some, some videos that you can do that will help you to work on your footwork, whether it's side to side, back and forth, up and down. Um, that's super important to um, any football position. Footwork, um, whether you're a lineman, linebacker, a runner, a thrower or a catcher, I guess you could call it. Um, it's very important to see, um, you can do cones. There's cones are really cheap. Um, if you really, you know, you don't want to draw on your concrete or whatever, um, or you can go get a cloth, a fabric, um, ladder at any, um, sports, sporting goods store. Um, but cones and ladders are the highly effective, um, in what you want to do is improve your acceleration of steps and deceleration of steps and then also the direction changing ability. Um, you really wanna get your feet and your ankles, your knees and hips used to the movement of doing these quick movements, quick changes um, in your footwork. So um, that's something that you can do. Um, you could also get some low hurdles or put some cans out there, some food cans. If you're wanting to get you know basic or a stack of books, maybe a stack of books that's six inches, eight inches, 12 inches high and uh, learn to move and jump a little bit over those um, if you don't have the stuff um, to do you know, off season. The other part is gonna be hand technique. So again, we're just talking right now about physical, physical things you can do to improve your um, football skills. So this is gonna be mostly um, quarterbacks, runners, and receivers, um, hand technique because your linemen um, don't typically um, touch the ball. Um, and they're gonna get, they may get the ball from time to time and your coach will probably teach you the specifics of fumble recovery, etc. cetera. Um, but the, we're talking about the players that typically get the ball and hand techniques for that. Now there's additional, for linemen, there's different hand techniques that you guys should be um, practicing and good technique is key to catching the ball successfully or carrying the ball getting the ball from the quarterback and carrying it successfully or the quarterback throwing it um, so both sides of the ball cannot do their jobs without good hand technique um, for offensive linemen, which is O-line, if, if um, I was gonna say if you don't know that, but you may or may not. Um, so poor hand technique means that you're either gonna get flagged for holding or you're gonna get beat on the line and the person, the other lineman's gonna get past you. Um, alignment's hands need to be strong and precise. You need to be able to get in there, hold, onto that player, not holding, but get in there and hold onto that player and keep them from moving. And um, some of the coaches out there are really, really good at teaching this. I'm, I'm impressed to see um, a lot of the coaches' technique in, in coaching it. Um, on the D-line, they're more, 
um, the ability to get somebody maybe that's running the ball or or getting the quarterback or somebody that's catching the ball. Um, you don't need to worry about the person catching the ball. You're worried about the person running through the gaps there on the line. So um, you need to have excellent hand technique and placement um, with regard to D-line and your coach should show you the specifics. Now, if you don't know what you should be practicing here before you're on a team or before the season starts, go on YouTube, type in some hand techniques for D-line or hand techniques for O-line, and there's several different things that you can be working on. You can work on this on a pillow in your house. Um, you don't need to be you know, out in, at the gym to, to do this. Um, but the idea is to teach you how to block and how to release blocks, get blocks off of you, how to defend against blocks. Um, so that's really important. Then of course, you know, ripping and blocking and scooping those things for, for the line. Um, with regard to um, runners, you need to know how to place your hands when getting a ball from the quarterback. Um, there are ways that make it um, easier for it to fall out or, or pop out and get fumbled. And so you need to learn the techniques for how to do that. Um, also, running the ball. Um, how you know if you've if you've been in football, you may have heard running the ball. He's carrying it like a loaf of bread. You know, he's carrying it very daintily so that somebody could just pop it right out of his hands. Um, you don't want to do that. You want to know how to to run the ball correctly. Now, with regards to catching the ball. Um, sometimes people can are really, really good catchers, but it's because they're not sure how to place their hands to catch that it makes them less successful as a catcher or receiver is what we call it in football. Next, I think the most important thing to, uh, or one of the most important things, so we talked about footwork, we talked about handwork or hand techniques, and lastly, um, Field awareness is super important. So um, this is probably one of the more difficult skills to attain, but it has to do with depth perception and um, visualizing the whole field. So um, it's really important for some um, positions to understand like the field, the different situations that are going on where where the other team is running to, not necessarily at right now. Um, and then rec being able to recognize what the plays are quickly helps to um, inform your team on what's gonna happen. Um, a lot of times you'll watch film of what teams did the years before. In women's football, it's a little bit difficult to determine what a team's going to do this year because sometimes it sometimes the whole coaching staff changes, sometimes the whole team changes, so you've never seen them before. But ideally, you want to be able to recognize how people are lining up. This allows each individual player to foresee what the other player is going to do, and this gives you an advantage over the other players. Um, so you're wanting to look or be aware of um, where you are and where you're supposed to be on the football field at all times. So when you hear that a penalty is called and it's 15 yards back, um, you need to be able to get back there and set up quickly. So you need to be on page with your team. Um, if you don't know that that's the call and you cause um, your team to be offsides, um, it can be a problem. You also need to know where your teammates are supposed to be on each play so that you don't run into them or knock into them or cause injury. You know, if everybody's moving to the left and you move to the right, guess what? You are either going to get stepped on by the person next to you or they're going to step on you. Either you're going to step on them or they're going to step on you. You also need to uh, down a distance, like how many yards do you still have to go? Do we still have 10 yards to go? <clears throat> do we only have to push for one yard or do we have, you know, 15 yards? Same thing with sideline proximity. And this is really important with, um, sorry, I'm going to take a drink real quick. This is really important for quarterbacks and receivers or runners too. Sideline proximity, um, you need to know how close to the sideline you are to make sure that you get your two feet in or one foot if NCAA rules. 
But you need to make sure that you are close. If you're close to the sidelines, that you're not out when you catch the ball because that's not going to be um, a good catch. You need to know where you have to be to get the first down. You need you want to know that at all times because it's your effort that's trying to get them the team to the first down, no matter what your position is. Um, or you're trying to get the other team from getting a first down. So it's your job to keep them from getting to that spot. You also want to know always what, um, how much time is on the clock. There's a certain number of seconds that you have to get down and start the play. Um, if you are the reason or you are the person that's causing a delay of game, you're going to get penalties. Your team's going to get mad at you. So you need to know how much time is left on the clock for the play. And then in addition to that, you want to know exactly how much time is remaining on the, on the game. Um, because that also will determine your hastiness in getting to the ball or ability to run and um, st stuff like that. So um, it's really important. Sorry, I got a message here. I'm going to clear it real quick so it doesn't keep dinging at you. Hold on. There you go. Um, so that knowing how much time is left in the game is super important because your coach may be doing some time management. He may be managing, trying to manage the clock. And if you're working against him, um, you're doing your team a disservice as well. So I would say, you know, I think we, you know, we first we went over some, some kind of overall things that can help you to be a better football player. And then we talked about specific physical things that you could work on. Um, so I hope that helps some players get an idea of what they're looking for or what, they're, what they should be prepared for in women's football. If you have any questions, feel free to send me an email um, or you can become part of our women's football success group and we're going to post some things on there. I'm super excited um, for the women's football success radio show and the, the women's football success Facebook group. I want to switch things over here real quick. This section of our radio show today um, is going to go to owners and support staff. If the owner, if the owner, so we're going to talk about the women's football business plans. And this is really important for foundational leadership of the team. So a lot of people in women's football, we all know that don't have um, a lot of maybe small business experience or um, didn't go to business school or whatever the case is. So I would like to provide some of these um, templates, cheat sheets, etc., to be able to give the team these tools. And then also, if we, well, we're going to set up webinar, webinars to actually teach what's on these. So if you just want this cheat sheet, um, you can go on our website and get this cheat sheet um, for a small business plan for your women's football team. Um, if you want more detailed, um, intricate one-on-one -on -one or group sessions, um, we can do that as well um, to get people to understand what the um, women's football business plan is. Um, real quick, again, if you go to um, my supersmallbiz.com site, which is where we house women's football success um, in a, in a drop-down menu, um, you'll see that this women's football um, business plan, I provide a, a almost identical business plan to my super small biz consultants. And if you look to the side, it includes a standard business plan, which I'm gonna show you, plus my nine components that I've created um, from my education and knowledge of small business, nine additional sections to a small business plan that I feel are imperative, important, um, necessary, for super small businesses to succeed in today's business environment. So without further ado, um, I'm gonna provide this cheat sheet on the website um, and put it out into social media so you guys can see it. Um, if you feel that you can do this on your own, please, 
please, please, please go ahead and get it done on your own. Now, if you already have a business plan, but you think it's crap, use this. If you already have a business plan and you're not following it, use this. If you don't have a business plan at all, um, at least get a business plan down because you'll be able to know what your team and your organization are doing this year, okay? So let me go real quick. I wanna talk about a couple components of this real quick. Um, I only have about 15 minutes left on the radio show, but I wanna get, um, get you guys into some specifics. So let's talk about, so again, this is the same business plan model that I use for super small biz, all businesses that I deal with. I am going to mold this into something specific for women's football. So every business plan, if you look at the top of the sheet, there's uh, these like 12, 15 sections. That's typically found in a basic business plan. And then the nine bottom ones are what I add um, or what I have created. So an executive summary, um, this is gonna be an overview of your business um, and your plans. It's usually like a, you know, maybe a couple paragraphs long, if, if that. Um, most people write that last once they've gotten all of their plan together because as they're typing things out, they may realize, oh, well, this really doesn't align with the other section and I really didn't mean to do it that way. I would prefer to do it this way. Um, there's also, next would be a disclaimer. So if there's anything that you need to disclaim, like this is, this is for business use only, um, this is for bank use only. Um, if you have any things, like I have to disclaim that I'm an attorney on everything all the time. So um, you may have a disclaimer there. Um, you may have a disclaimer that this cannot be used. Um, this is proprietary information and it cannot be used um, or given to other teams. Um, then you want, um, of course, your mission statement and vision statement. Now, if you don't know what this is, again, this, these are typically things that come at the beginning, but don't necessarily, um, don't necessarily um, have to be drawn up at the end. Your mission statement and your vision statement um, are similar, um, but vision statement is kind of the new norm with regards to um, small business plans. So a mission statement is what you stand to accomplish, how you, what you're gonna accomplish with your team. What are your core values? Now vision statement is, and I think of it as a visual, um, I think they're kind of all encompassing, is your vision of what your team's gonna do um, and where it's gonna go. So mission and vision, I feel, are almost intertwined, um, but most business plans keep them separate. But these are what you plan to do, how you plan to do it um, for the long term, just, just as a, an organization. So this also leads into your core business um, purpose and values. Here you're going to put in what the purpose is of your team. Is it a nonprofit? Is it to educate? Is it to promote women's football? Is it to be profitable in women's football? And then what your values are. Are you um, really centered on community involvement, community awareness, giving back to the community? What is it that you um, value in your team? Is it gonna be a board run team? Are, are they gonna be able to vote? Um, is that the, the, the situation and the values that you want everybody's input? Or is this gonna be run as a, a business where um, there's owners, and there's players, coaches, and staff, um, and what values you're gonna promote with that. Let's get into product and service description. So a lot of people don't realize, um, does anybody, I mean, I guess I don't have chat on, so nobody's gonna tell me, but does everybody realize that they are in a product business when it comes to having a women's football team? That you guys are a product business. So you, your product description would be playing women's football. I mean, those are not the exact words, but 
you are your product is women's football games providing a team to participate in women's football games okay now you also have other products that you provide because you are a business and people come to your games so merchandise concession stands if you have that or not um, so you may have your product your overall product being your women's football team and then you may have five or six other categories of products within your women's football team and you I would provide the description there now product advantage and disadvantage um, some examples of this I think is for example I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Um, product advantage and disadvantage. Um, if the if the field that you go to serves alcohol, this is going to have advantages and disadvantages, right? Um, because people, some people want to come because there's alcohol. Some people won't come because there's alcohol. Um, going back into your women's football team you want to address what are the advantages and disadvantages of the women's football team. Um, some of those may be the competition you have with men's semi-pro teams in your area. Some people have reached out and, and talked about. Um, you might also think of advantages and disadvantages um, of other things that are going on close to where you're providing your product. Um, movie theaters, um, NASCAR races, I mean anything that's competing with you might be considered a disadvantage or you might want to put in there um, or the disadvantages of the fact that your team and and you're trying to unify women's football it may be a disadvantage that it's not unified or it might be an advantage that it's not unified um, we're going to do industry overview this would probably be very similar for most teams um, except for if you are in different teams and leagues um, or different areas like if you the industry overall the industry overview is going to be the same statement on everybody's business plan but your particular situation may be different let's talk about local and and direct competition and indirect competition together so I don't know if people understand this local competition for me is going to be um, the Arlington Impact. Now we have a great relationship with them. Um, I've, there's nothing negative any time with them, but they are my local competition within our industry and they are my direct competition in some ways. Now my indirect competition would be another team in my area that doesn't play for my league or other activities people can go to and not come to my football game. So again, this would also be indirect competition would be NASCAR games, um, other football games, maybe indoor arena games, those kind of things. Market share analysis. Now, what this can be really tricky because most women's football teams are getting minimal market share or minimal market, okay? Um, let me see how much time I have left here. I got about eight minutes left. Market share. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish up this business plan cheat sheet here and then I'm going to do another um, portion for next week um, with my nine components of my super small biz. Well, I'll, I'll address that in a part two um, next week um, because I really want to make sure that you guys understand this. So market share is how much of all the people buying football, women's football um, tickets in your area, how much are you getting? That may be 100%. You may be getting 100% of everybody that is buying a women's football ticket. So, for example, Pittsburgh Passion. If there's no team in Pittsburgh that's competing with them, they're getting 100% of all the tickets that are selling in women's football in Pittsburgh. Okay? Now, if you, there's two teams in the area and they are um, buying tickets to one game and buying tickets to another game, if the, if the games are happening at the same time, then you can determine what your market share is. Now, if teams are going, so let's talk about Denver, if teams are going to the Mile High games and they're going to the Colorado Freeze games, then 
there's a then you can determine whether you're are you at 50% are you at 60% are you at 30% of market share because two teams are actually selling tickets it's hard to determine if they're going on at, at separate times because if one game is played at five and one game is played at eight people could technically go to both games and you would not be able to um, tell what market share each one's getting barriers to entry um, this is very, very simple. Women's football, there's minimal barriers to entry, um, except for um, if there's already a team in the area or if for some reason you're not able to get into that league or a league. Sales and marketing plan, super, super important. Um, not only does this happen in women's football, but it happens in a lot of super small businesses. It has to do with um, setting up a huge marketing plan and sales plan and not being able to fulfill it, not being able to um, do all the things that you want to do. Um, you hear it all the time. Oh, hold on. Let me send this person a message. Um, the marketing plan um, needs to be something that is doable with the number of employees and volunteers that you have. Um, and you have to be very, very careful um, to make sure that the people that you make part of this um, are loyal, trustworthy, and ethical. Because if they are selling things and, and, and being the front face for your marketing, um, then you need to make sure that they are doing the marketing that they're supposed to be doing and doing the sales that they're supposed to be doing. Pricing, branding, and marketing strategy, that all goes um, within the uh, marketing plan and sales plan, um, but you really need to determine what your pricing needs to be. I've seen in women's football anywhere from $6 a ticket to $15 a ticket, game day, regular season. Um, some people uh, let kids in free, some kids have five to 12 at $3, that varies. Branding, um, everything that you put out there should have your logo on it or your name on it in some form or fashion. Marketing strategy, um, that's gonna be determined, that's gonna be individual team-based. And we can talk about that later as far as that's concerned, um, as far as what strategy you should be using. Let's talk about this operational plan. Um, hold on, let me see how much time I have because I don't wanna go over for her. Okay, operations plan, that's gonna be how your team is gonna be structured. Are you gonna have owners and coaches and support staff? and each support staff is gonna be individually responsible for something? Um, are, are you gonna have a head coach that's responsible for reporting to the owners all of their assistant coach information? How is that gonna work? Um, startup expenses, if you have not started yet, then your startup expenses um, need to be very basic and I have some a template of what um, startup expenses averages are that I can get out to you. And then, of course, the financial plan. This is um, how much money you expect to get in the first year, how much sales you expect from ticket sales, merchandise, concession stand, um, what the expenses are, what the profits are, and how, you know, what the gross profit minus your expenses equals your net profit. Um, and then, of course, taxes and all that good stuff. I really um, apologize, I wasn't able to get to the other nine sections, which is my exclusive. These are the components that I've created um, that I use in Super Small Biz um, that are above and beyond the basic business plan. And so I will touch on them in our next episode, um, as well as bring you some more information for players. I hope you guys have a great week. This is Lynn Liberty Ellington. This is episode 1820 of Women's Football Success. Feel free to listen to the show or go to the website. It's at supersmallbiz.com, and then there's a tab there for women's football. It drops down. Oh, there's fire station. I'm, I'm actually at my office today in downtown Russellville, so um, fire station's about three blocks away, too. It's super cute being here in the town square. Um, and you might hear a train from time to time. But um, any questions you have, feel free, supersmallbiz, or go to the women's football success dropdown and um, you'll be able to get detail, details about that. You can become part of our Facebook group, um, and I'm gonna post this um, out on the web so you guys can have these details. You guys have a great day, and um, keep working on those uh, football teams. You can be hugely successful. I'm super excited about 2019. You guys have a great week. Talk to you later, bye-bye.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.